Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for January 31st, 2024. How long could we have to wait for Fed easing? The Fed held rates steady at its January meeting, but laid some groundwork towards pulling back its restrictive policy stance later this year. But there are many reasons why rates might remain higher for longer. So when do we expect to see lower rates, and by how much? This is Brian Kirk, and joining me today to provide our instant analysis of today's Fed meeting, we have financial market economist Oren Klatchkin and senior economist Ben Ayers. Gentlemen, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast today, just moments after January's FOMC meeting. Now, there was no change in policy today, as was widely expected. But the Fed did signal that a shift towards easing is coming eventually. So, Oren, walk us through the main takeaways from the FOMC's statement and Chair Jerome Powell's press conference. Sure. So, if I had to essentially offer one main message on the outcome of this, it's essentially that the Fed thinks that we're moving down the right path and they are basically getting ready to cut rates sometime, so to speak, uh, later in 2024. I would say overall, Fed officials seem very encouraged by the recent trends. And, you know, as such, they essentially think that monetary policy is, for lack of a uh, better word, in the right spot right now. They even took it actually one step further by essentially taking the potential risk of additional hikes off the table, which I think just further shows how confident they are, so to speak, right now that the policy rate is set at the right level to lower inflation. Indeed, I would say if you look at the real interest rate, which is a, another way of saying take the policy rate and um, subtract inflation from that. The real interest rate is at its highest level right now since 2008. So policy is certainly in the right position to be lowering inflation and also putting pressure on the economy. And so that is set in turn at the right level. As we expected, Fed officials seem to basically focus on when to cut rates and also by how much. On this front, the Fed seems very careful not to commit to any particular timing regarding when to cut rates. The federal funds rate remains unchanged right now since overall policymakers are not fully convinced yet that inflation is on a firm path back to the 2% objective. Indeed, if you look at some of the recent batch of economic news that we've gotten, it all essentially shows us that the economy remains fairly solid overall and that inflation, while it is starting to soften, it isn't yet at that 2% level. I think we're also cautious not to basically uh, tell us when they were going to cut rates because of the fact that financial conditions have actually become more supportive of inflation and that they are now, again, assuming everything else constant, they are essentially now lending upside pressure on the inflation front. And so they essentially don't want to convey a 
signal that they are um, very confident that inflation will continue to move lower because of that. We didn't get too much on the quantitative tightening front. It seems like they are getting ready to adjust the policy on that front. When Chair Powell was um, asked about this, he essentially uh, said to us that they will most likely um, talk about this at the next policy meeting. He also said that essentially the federal funds rate and quantitative tightening are independent uh, tools of monetary policy and that they will be adjusted as they feel is necessary. The one um, surprise I would note essentially is that um, Chair Powell essentially said that there is essentially no risk of a rate cut in March. There were some out there. We weren't in that camp, but there were some out there that essentially thought that um, the Fed could go ahead and cut rates at the next policy meeting. But again, the chair essentially told us that that is highly unlikely because, again, they want to be very certain that inflation is on a firm and clear path down to that uh, 2% level before they start to uh, cut rates. And so just to offer a quick summary here, essentially I would say that overall Fed officials are very encouraged by recent trends, but they need to see essentially more of this through 2024 before they are certain that they can go ahead and cut rates. And in turn, because of this, it means that they will continue to look at the inflation data and really the whole mix of economic numbers that we will get. And they will then cut rates only once they are very sure that inflation is on a firm path down to 2%. And they don't want to potentially have the risk of cutting too early and then having to hike again later on. Well, thank you, Oren. We're going to bring Ben in and get his perspective on those things you just talked about, too. Now, Ben, given the solid momentum for the economy at the end of 2023, uh, it wasn't really a surprise that the Fed held rates steady this time. And now we're just one month into 2024. So how are inflation and labor market factors influencing Fed policy decisions? Yeah, thanks, Brian. I, you know, I think the, as you mentioned, solid trend at the end of 2023, and as we start to get some of the 2024 data here pretty soon um, for January, I think it pretty much be summed up as maybe too much of a good thing. The economy expanded strongly over the second half of 2023, got the 4.9% annualized rate in the third quarter, the 3.3% annualized rate for real GDP in the fourth quarter. And really much of that was being led by consumer spending and spending activity. And normally this is a positive thing. Usually talking about that as being very positive. But when you're trying to get inflation down from where it's been and get it back down to 2% target that the Fed has, those sorts of numbers aren't really consistent with getting back to that target anytime soon. The Fed would really like to see labor demand show signs of cooling off, which would drive softer consumer spending and overall inflation. And I think there are signs on the margins that the restrictive policy stance that the Fed has basically had in place for much of the past year is starting to achieve that. But in many ways, the process continues to play out more slowly than expected. And that's driving, I think, much of the hesitant approach that we heard from the Fed today and that we have been hearing from Fed officials in recent months about when they would start the shift towards lower policy rates. Let's start with the labor market where 
you know, much of the top level figures remained very solid through December. There were more than 200,000 in job gains in December, and the, the very recently released Jolts data surprisingly showed an uptick in job openings. So, you know, lots of demand out there that's pushing up wages, and there were continued signs that the labor market remains very tight in many sectors, with still signs that demand far exceeds the supply of workers in the market. And again, these are all positive things under normal circumstances, but the extenuating resilience from the labor market, and particularly as that flows into consumer spending, is a sign that services inflation could remain an issue well into 2024. And that's part of that hesitancy, again, from the Fed to say, wait, we haven't seen enough data to tell us that we're really through this hotter period for the economy. And that's really the primary concern for the Fed is that tie-in between the hotter inspected job and spending data and what that means for inflationary pressures across the economy. You know, looking at the last six months, there are some signs of optimism. We've seen much of the inflation readings over the second half of 2023 were cooler. The core PCE price index, the Fed's, I think, preferred inflation measure dropped below 3% year on year in December and really ran at only about a 1.4% three-month annualized pace in the fourth quarter. That's certainly on the path to getting back towards 2%. Uh, even the employment cost index came in at a more moderate 0.9% growth in the fourth quarter. These are all signs that inflation continues to cool and is heading in that downward direction coming into 2024. But I will point out there is a very clear difference between heading towards and getting to 2% and demonstrating that inflation is set to run sustainably at 2%. And that's really what the Fed wants. It's not just get to 2% and we've We've gotten there. It's more they want to see it running at 2% and remaining about that level for an extended period of time. And there was a clear emphasis on this from Chair Powell during his press conference today, using language such as need to see more, not rushing into a policy shift, You know, emphasizing that just because we've seen some cooler numbers over the, the previous six months doesn't mean that those numbers will carry forward into 2024. So they want to see signs that you know this cooler trend has continued before they start to pull back on the restrictive interest rates that they have. And I think clearly there are still upside risks to inflation right now, headed by, I think, the continued strength of the labor market that we just talked about. But there are also geopolitical risks. We could see an up push in the cost for energy. We see renewed supply chain disruptions. These are things that could unfortunately move negatively towards the goals that the Fed has of bringing inflation back down to 2% and keeping it there. And the last thing they want to do is prematurely cut interest rates and inadvertently add to maybe a, a restarting of inflation later this year. So I'm not surprised that Fed policymakers are doubling down on the wait-and-see approach, the meeting-by-meeting meeting look for where they want to take policy, because of all the risks out there, I think it's still higher that we could potentially overshoot the inflation target this year as opposed to undershooting it. And I think, that, again, that leans itself towards a later and more delayed response uh, as far as shifting towards policy easing. Well, thanks, Ben. With that, we're going to bring Oren back in. So, Oren, you know, as Ben was talking about there, our forecast continues to expect that the Fed will wait till later in the year, maybe May, maybe June, to lower rates. So if they do wait that long, what could that mean for the stock market? Sure. So let me first launch into laying out our um, expectations for the Fed for the rest of 2024. So... Our forecast currently has them um, starting to cut rates in May with a uh, 25 basis point cut. There are uh, certainly reasons uh, to think that inflation is, you know, on a firm path to uh, 2%. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, we think that officials are going to wait a little longer before they start to lower rates. 
as I've mentioned here in the past, I think that the main risk from their perspective is that they would, you know, um, cut rates, but then inflation would then um, reaccelerate, which would in turn force them to have to essentially hike rates again and also to lift rates to a higher level than where they are right now. We think that they would essentially rather wait a little longer, especially since the economy remains quite on solid ground. And in turn, they want to add a little more downward pressure on inflation so that they can be very confident that it will continue to soften. From there, we expect another 25 basis points worth of cuts that will then lead the target range for the uh, federal funds rate down to four to four and a uh, quarter by the end of 2024. The economic environment that we anticipate will unfold over the course of 24 should allow inflation to continue to soften. I should also add that one of the benefits of the short and shallow recession that we anticipate will hit later in 24 is that it will actually cause inflation to soften even further. On the quantitative uh, tightening front, we essentially think that they're going to basically stop taking uh, liquidity out of the system sometime before the end of 24. From the financial market perspective, we think that a lower policy rate will in turn lead rates to fall, and also it will actually lend support to equity prices. I think that, you know, for the most part, most investors are already anticipating quite a significant amount of rate cuts. And the fact that the rate is actually set to fall, again, based upon the messaging that we got from Chair Powell earlier, essentially will just further um, cement the idea that rate cuts are indeed coming. Now, again, we expect rates to fall, but I should note that there are some important um, risks on that. So I would say first and foremost is that, you know, most people seem confident that inflation is set to fall and we are also in that camp, but we should also be essentially um, mindful of the fact that, you know, it's not certain for sure that inflation will continue to fall at the pace that we've seen. So this, I think, is especially true since we're seeing signs that activity is actually starting to reaccelerate in certain sectors. And that, in turn, could lead inflation to either fall at a uh, softer pace or, indeed, to um, turn higher. Again, that's not what we're thinking is going to happen, but it is a risk. Secondly, as I already mentioned, financial conditions have loosened, and that in turn will exert upside risks on inflation. Finally, as we already mentioned here, there are risks from the geopolitical front that could put pressure on supply chains and, again, push um, inflation higher. And then just to offer you um, risks on the other side, there are risks that you know inflation might actually fall at a faster pace than what we are thinking and what the Fed is also thinking. I would say that the main two risks on that front are that if the economy softens a bit more than we are expecting, or if the labor market 
again, also softens at a bit of a faster pace than we are expecting. You know, just uh, in the past few weeks, we are seeing more signs that companies are looking to basically cut back a little bit on the amount of payrolls. And, and so that, of course, is a additional sign on top of some other data we've gotten recently that points that the job market is getting a bit softer. And so I would say we should also be vigilant for risks on inflation on that front as well. Now, thank you, Orin. It sounds like there's a few economic indicators we should all be watching here closely. So let's bring in Ben and talk more about that here. Ben, Orin talked about our path for the Fed, which is closely tied to our expectations for the economy. So what are some of the key economic indicators that our audience should be watching when trying to predict what the Fed's going to do this year? Yeah, a lot to take in as the, the data comes in as we get into the early stages of 2024. As we talked about earlier, I think much of this really starts with the labor market readings that we get. We, we have seen signs of cooling labor demand in, in some sectors, particularly job growth in particularly sensitive sectors. So you're looking at retail, leisure, hospitality, manufacturing was much weaker than what the top line figures showed in the fourth quarter of 2023. We also saw that employment and temporary help services was down over 2023, as many companies usually look to cut you know, more temporary workers than full-time workers first as they look to lower expenses. So we are seeing, again, some signs of some cooling. And if those numbers get worse, uh, maybe we see some outright job losses in some sectors. We've heard about some more layoffs highlighted by the recent announcement from UPS. Do we see more signs that firms are cutting back uh, on jobs in the coming months? You know, that really starts to add up and starts to work against inflation. Again, go into that cooler trend that the Fed really wants to see more broadly across the economy. You know, that will flow into wages and that should start some downward pressure on wages and probably cause more households to pull back their reins on spending. So again, all moves in that slower direction than some of the faster direction that we see. So that's the kind of signs we're going to be looking for that the Fed is going to ultimately say, okay, enough has been done. We can start to lower rates. And especially they're going to focus on the unemployment rate. If that does rise, maybe it climbs above 4% by the second quarter, that will catch the attention of the Fed as a sign that labor conditions are slowly weakening and it's time to start lowering rates and come down from restrictive policy stance to start again adding a little bit more support to the economy more broadly. But ultimately, I think it's going to be the incoming inflation data. You know, the focus here from the Fed has not been as much on the labor market, despite the you know the dual mandate and the focus on the unemployment rate, the focus for much of the past couple of years has been on inflation. So I think that that incoming inflation data will carry the most weight as they, as they look across the data set and decide, is it time to start pulling back and, and lower those rates? For now, let's assume, as, as Warren just laid out, that the Fed holds on rates in March and they keep them steady. And so we're talking more about will they move in May or will they move in June? And, and I think between now and early May Fed FOMC meeting, we'll get three more releases for both the CPI and the PCE price indices. You know, will the aggregate trend within these releases, is that going to show inflation continuing on a path towards 2% or even lower? Or do we see a slight acceleration from the data that we've seen over the past six months? I think particular focus is going to be paid to services and housing inflation. So do we see further signs that cost of labor are trending back to normal? We've seen that wage costs have still relatively elevated, but maybe they come back down a little bit over the next couple of months. 
And Chair Pryor also mentioned the committee is expecting cooler asking rents data to flow and overall housing costs within those measures. So that puts some downward pressure on core inflation as well. You know, I think the housing component could play an outsized role in bringing core PCE down to about maybe two and a half percent by mid-year. Not down to the two percent yet, but clearly showing that the economy is moving on that path back towards the two percent target if those trends continue over the rest of the year. I think these are the main areas that the Fed is going to focus on for whether it's time to start loosening their restrictive stance that's been in place for much of the past year. As Oren said, right now we do not expect an initial cut until May. And I think that the risk is actually it could be a lot longer than that. I, you know, Mark is pricing in very high odds of a May rate cut. And I think that aligns with what we're seeing more broadly. But still, the incoming data could cause the Fed to push out even later into June or maybe even later in the year. So and finally, I do have to point out that we're keeping an eye on a potential recession. We, we have that forecasted in our baseline for around mid-year of 2024 policy easing over the second half of the year, we think is gonna be modest. And I think that does align with a mild recession, not a deep recession or a severe recession, but more of a mild recession that they would be able to bring those rates down at a more modest pace in the second half of the year. But certainly there are signs that the economy is closing on a recession or maybe already in one as we get towards the middle stage of the year, particularly as we get into the, the second half of 2024, that will play a role and how much the Fed decides to ease over the second half of the year and into 2025. But still, yet again, emphasizing we think a later start and probably a more modest overall cutting of rates as we look out over the rest of the year. Well, thank you, Ben. And thank you also, Oren. We appreciate your insights into Fed policy today. Join us again as we take a close look at the labor market. We're about to see the job numbers from January, and when we get those in, we'll provide our analysis of those numbers and our outlook for the year ahead. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications for each new episode. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2024, Nationwide.